0: If you guys haven't heard of Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution yet, you're in for a treat. Gold Boys Wholesale and Distribution is all about innovative, top-quality products. From their own clothing line to brands such as Cookies and Supreme, they have delicious CBD drinks, lip balms, which I highly recommend, bath scrubs, vape pens, gummies, you name it. They also carry their own Denver-made line of CBD products, as well as the Quantra Muscle Rub, Rehab X, and many more. Make sure you check out their awesome location here in Denver or head over to goldboys303.com to check out all they have to offer. Let's hop into the show. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich, it's tasty, it's CBD infused, and you can get it for 20% off when you use that code, or the magical code, DNVR20. Is that a magical voice that That, I hear? That is a magical voice. Yeah, my my voice is pretty magical. It is. It's great. I love it.
1: Some would even say angelic. It's Your not, voice, Zach.
0: It's not quite as good as uh, Mace singing Counting Crows, but hey, well, what can you do, you know?
1: Some people just have the gift, I guess. <laughs> Mace, are
0: you ready to sing
1: for us? What, you want me to sing again? Yeah, of course we do. <laughs> we Everyone want to wants it. Every what, have I been presented with lyrics in the comments <laughs> today?
2: <laughs> you know more lyrics than I think lyrics are exist.
1: Oh, I don't know about that one, but thank you. I, pre- I appreciate the... Uh, the sentiment behind what you're saying, even though it's a little bit of an exaggeration.
0: So, as you can tell, I listened to the podcast yesterday, and I really enjoyed the conversation. I thought it was really interesting. All two hours and 23 minutes uh, Didn't quite get through. <laughs> didn't quite get through. Um, but I will say this. I, I, after our pod on Monday, I was like, where, where are we not connecting here? Because like, clearly, we weren't on the same page. And listening to yesterday's podcast, I figured it out. It's just our definition. I mean, Zach and I's definition of what the guy means is different from what your definition of what the guy means. That's where we are off. I'm sorry for uh, misrepresenting your thoughts. That's
1: fine. I think when we got into it on Twitter and went back and forth, but it kind of hit me as well. It's a guy versus the guy. And the Broncos have had lots of quarterbacks who've been a guy. For sure. Kyle Orton, a guy. Joe Flacco, a guy. Case Keenum, a guy. And I would even say, unless you're talking about someone playing like Peyton Manning, even, say, a three-year quarterback that doesn't earn a, contra- a second contract might be considered
0: a guy. What about Jake Plummer? Ooh. I would say right he was, on the border. He was the guy until he, he wasn't.
2: <laughs> exactly. Once right. they looked for Jake Cutler, then he wasn't the guy. But
0: I think some would argue that that means he was truly never the guy because... Even after he took them to the playoffs, they were still thinking, what's next?
1: And that's actually a great way of kind of putting it, because when you have the guy, you stop looking for somebody who can come in and potentially start soon. And on the quarterback market, you're only looking for potential backups, lottery tickets, guys who fall that you might like. And look, I believe in taking one of those guys every year if you can. Like Zach, you know. When you have Peyton Manning and you take Zach Dysert. Right. Yeah. That means you've got the guy.
0: So um, Bill McCartney used to say this, and it applies to college football, but it's it's different for NFL. He used to say, it's my job – he used to say this to the players. It's my job to get players who are better than you every year. Mm-hmm. It's your job to make me bad at my job. <laughs> you know, that doesn't apply in the NFL like because that. you get to keep your players if right. you want them. Right. And, and so you're really not – if you find – the guy at quarterback, you really aren't trying to find a better player than them every year, especially because it's so damn hard. Exactly. So we're, I we're, guess it's really hard to define, and, and that's what we get for using such a um, <laughs> a term that's up for interpretation, because the guy could really mean anything. Some people might think the guy just means he's going to be the starter next year.
1: Yeah, and if that's the case, then yeah, everything points in that direction, and if Drew Locke isn't the starter for next year, that means something catastrophic happened in the next three games.
0: Yeah, I'll touch wood for us. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Thank you.
0: Um, yeah. So in the end, the conversation is really just about what you think the guy is, and I guess you know it, it really is hard to project because he could be the guy now and then not be the guy later. You know, maybe they go, maybe they go seven and nine. Next year, and he has that Trevor Simeon esque stat line, like then you're really uh, questioning whether or not you, you believe he's got. And by the way, they're probably going to go seven and nine this year.
2: Yep. Yep. At the least. Very well could. Now, really quick, are there, is there any doubts from anyone, not beyond this room, that Drew Locke is the guy next year? He's the starter next year.
0: No, and, and really, it's already been reported. From Mike Cliss saying, like, they're not taking quarterback early. They're going to give Drew Locke a shot at running this team. And, and anything else. And, again, maybe he just collapses over the last three games. I truly, truly find that to be uh, a hard scenario to envision. Maybe something changes then. The,
1: the question, I think, is who's his backup. Because I don't think they bring Joe Flacco back. Oh, God, no. I hope not. <laughs> but I don't think Brandon Allen's good enough to be the backup. They may believe that. I don't see it. I think you can do better than Brandon Allen just in case, A, Locke gets hurt, or, B, Locke keeps going up, but maybe the second stage on the rocket doesn't fire.
0: What about Brett Rippon? It depends on how they feel about his development internally.
1: Brett Rippon, I could see them bringing in a late-round quarterback, just to compete with Brett Rippon. I don't know if Brett Rippon is shown enough to where you say, oh, well, we feel pretty good about him being the number two. I think you need – in that room, you need somebody who is a quasi-coach.
0: Yeah, I'm with that. that. And honestly, that move, while uh, very uninteresting in my mind, actually could tell us a lot about where they think they are. Like part of the whole, like, we got our guy, we're going for it now – scenario is that you get you know a veteran quarterback who if you get a high ankle sprain he can come in and keep the ship afloat um he is a veteran voice for the young quarterback like most of these teams you know with the Jets being the perfect example here went out and got that guy when they thought they were ready to go so again we're all pretty convinced that if John Elway is convinced that Drew is the guy, he's going to just start going all in and, and just start pouring resources into making this into a Super Bowl contender. And I think that would be one of the steps. I just think it'll be lower on the list because I think that they're just so, they'll are just they be so relieved that they don't have to think about quarterback in the offseason <laughs> yeah. that they're not going to make that a high priority. It's lower, L. L. but it
1: should be high because it's the sort of thing that if you don't have taken care of properly, it sinks your season. And John
2: Elway, quote, couldn't be happier with where Drew Locke is at right now. And how
0: how could he? You know what? It's funny. We were uh, talking about this on the Denver Sports Podcast yesterday, which I highly recommend listening to. It's right there in your feed if you want it. Um, Someone said, like, well, it's really just one week. He wasn't that impressive in the first week. And we've gotten so far away from what happened in that first week. That feels like it was a month ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of what happened in week two, you forget that the only reason his numbers weren't, I shouldn't say the same, but comparable is because they just took the ball out of his hands. Like, he didn't do anything yep. after, the, after he lit it up in the first quarter. So, really, it's like, I'm looking at the body of work here as a five-quarter sample size, and the five-quarter sample size is off the charts. And, and I, I just can't blame him for what happened in quarters three or two through four in that game because he didn't have an opportunity to do anything. That five-quarter sample size is five touchdowns and one pick.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's actually. A, oh, you're right. My bad. Sorry, I forgot about the. I for some reason I forgot about the pick against the Texans. Temporarily, <laughs> uh, it's I'm like, it no picks. It's great. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, but that but, was a that pick against the Chargers was a rust pick, right? Because what, they 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 just put him – They put him back in the garage for two quarters. Yeah. Oh, oh, come out. You gotta gotta have the engine firing. Well, sometimes <laughs> on a cold day, it takes that engine a little while to warm up.
0: So we're talking about five touchdowns, one interception probably right around 400 yards yep over 400 yeah I mean that is an absurd absurd sample of five quarters and again I just can't bring myself to say like yeah but it wasn't that good you could it's easy to forget what the narrative was after that game remember we were talking about Rich Scangarello like man he held him back he put the the handcuffs on him so now what is the question and I loved the conversation yesterday about you know um, part of the test here. But one of the reasons you wanted a five-game sample size was because you can see things like, oh, what happens if he struggles? Now, I don't think anyone's going to complain if Drew Locke never endures any adversity. <laughs> although, you could say there was adversity in that first game and, and he responded to it well. But um, it would be kind of nice to see things go a, a little off schedule. And honestly, I think they will. I think that's Bagnolo, who is – a really great defensive mind, is going to have all sorts of stuff ready for Drew Locke, just planning on making him think as much as he possibly can. The the thing that happened, especially in that Texas game, is Drew Locke was just playing, man. He just said, like, cool, I'm out here. Uh, there's really not that much pressure. When there's pressure, there's usually a guy that I can get into a one-on-one deal. Let me just throw it. Spaggs is probably going to say – we got to make this kid think as much as we possibly can, and so I do think there is going to be some early uh, difficulties for Drew Locke. And if there's not, I mean, that means once again, he's defeated a very difficult situation.
2: Well, I, I agree with you, Ryan, in terms of Spagnuolo really throwing a ton of stuff at him. But Romeo Cronell, was the the Texans' defensive coordinator was known for doing that against rookie quarterbacks. He's something like eleven and two in his career when going up against rookies. So he probably tried to do that. And whether it was Rich Scangarello, whether it was Drew Locke, whether it was a combination, maybe Romeo Crennel actually changed his mind and said, they think I'm going to do all this stuff. Maybe I'll play basic. But whatever it was didn't work. So maybe it does happen again with with Spagnola. Maybe Drew
1: and Skangs defeat him. It was good ball placement by Drew Locke that helped as well. I mean, you take that... First long pass to Noah Fant on the catch and run up the sideline. If that pass is not placed perfectly, that could be a pick six right there at the start of the game. Yeah, but again. But he, but, he, but it shows what he can do, but he's got to be on point with where he delivers that football. Otherwise, a similar throw against Kansas City could result in it going back in the other direction. And again, that's why I, I know I'm... I'm perceived as Debbie Downer, and I'm not, but I just, I have this fear, and I was thinking about this when I drove in, guys. I had this fear that if he has a couple of bumpy games here after these first two games, and like you mentioned, the five quarters that are just off the charts, then I worry that Broncos country, which can be fickle with quarterbacks, might turn on this kid. I don't want to see that.
0: No, I totally get that, and and I uh, I – I also wanted to say, like, no one should be perceiving uh, Mace as, like, (laughs) uh, anti-Drew, anti-Andrew over here. No, because all he's saying is, like, I just need to see more. He's not saying, like, I don't like what I'm seeing. Right. right? Sometimes we get caught up in in saying, like, if you're not all the way on board, (laughs) you're against us.
1: And I think also sometimes you can view things too closely. And by watching so much of him at Mizzou, I think if there's one flaw in my thinking is that I've seen too much of him i've seen the good and the bad and so when i see what he did against houston and people are gaga about some of the throws i'm like okay good and bad i've seen every aspect of that performance before at some point
0: with him i wonder if there was any of his college games where he completed 82 and a half percent of his passes on the road
1: it it might yeah i was gonna say it might there might have been one of those games uh, against yeah, directional a group of count. five school, or even like CSU. Well, and the, the, and one of the critiques of Drew Locke coming out, especially in that 2017 season when he threw 44 touchdown passes, was that a lot of it came against the lesser lights on Mizzou's schedule that year.
0: Yeah, and I like the point that Zach made, which is it's mostly you know not great teams from here on out, and even
1: mm-hmm.
0: even the text. I mean, I I thought there was a chance that game could have gotten into a shootout. Props to the Broncos' defense. They didn't let it happen. And I still can't believe people are like complaining about them giving up 21 unanswered points in the second half. It's like, who cares? Um, I think maybe a story idea, by the way, that would be good for me to write in the next
1: couple of days would be looking at the Chiefs' seven interceptions in the last three games and how they got them. yeah, And what they kind of tell us about what Drew Locke might see because that's the area in which the Kansas City defense has turned the corner. And being a good complementary defense to what they bring on the offensive side of the ball involves takeaways. It's what they're doing best right now.
0: And you mentioned the ball placement on those early throws, and there was even one later in the game also to Noah Fant on the sideline. The ball placement matters a lot, but what also matters is the arm strength. Roby, who I believe was the uh, defender on the first throw, when he saw Drew look that way, he's like, "Oh, this is mine." <laughs> and he, I guarantee, if you ask him, he'd be like, "I never thought that ball was getting there that fast."
1: It's like that pass to Fumagalli in the preseason we saw. Right, the Seattle couldn't react to it, and Fumagalli almost react to it. didn't react to it, <laughs> it just because the ball hand. came in so fast. And that's where the arm talent shows up most, right near the sideline, anything from about five to twenty yards upfield, because of course you've got to get that ball twenty five thirty yards out to the sideline, depending on where you're throwing it from, and he gets it there so quick that if the corner doesn't have a quick twitch about him, he's not able to make a play on the ball
0: I don't know why this just reminds me of this, but when i was uh when I was sixteen just got my driver's license, one of my buddies had also just got his driver's license and he was a speeder uh, wanted to drive fast all the time, fifteen twenty over at all times mm-hmm. and I was like, dude what why are you in such a rush like you're probably going to, you know, hit a light anyway, slow down. Like, well, where are you going? You're in the fastest mode of transportation to possibly get from where you're trying to go. You don't need to drive that much faster. And he, he said something along the lines of like, well, if I drive faster, then there's more of a chance of me hitting green lights. Like, he was, he was of the idea that he, you know, if you slowed down, then there's more of a chance of the light turning red, and that would slow you down even more. Definitely not correct. But it's how I feel about Drew Locke's passes. It's like he he throws the ball so hard that the chances of him hitting red lights is just much lower because it just, it's just getting there so fast. Like and even then, it's really hard to catch for for guys who aren't used to the, the yep. ball coming in at that speed. You're seeing Noah Fant get a ball in on him way too quick. It just he got lucky that it landed in his lap. But like the ball is just whistling.
1: This is fascinating to me because I'm one of those people who. If I can look ahead and say, see the the sign for the crosswalk and I see it Mm -hmm. counting down five, four, three, two, one, then if there's no cop around, I floor it because I know I can save a minute and a half by making it through that light. No. But I'm not going that fast all the time. I'm just going fast when I see an opportunity to pick up 90 seconds.
0: That was like an amazing revelation in my life when I realized you could look at the crosswalk yep. to yep. time up the light. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think that was that great of a metaphor. But for some reason, it, no, re- <laughs> it reminded me of it. Like, Drew Locke is just all gas. Like, mm-hmm. he's just going 20 over because he doesn't want to hit any red lights. And but it's hard threw-
2: for it's hard for defenders, like you said, who aren't used to it to catch that thing. Oh, hell yeah.
1: But he threw with touch, too. On Sunday. That's the thing. It the wasn't to all Beck, the hot like, sauce stuff.
0: There's yeah. so many that you could go through. The, the Tim Patrick one is probably going to you know stand out as the best of the bunch. The one to Andrew Beck, I watched it again yesterday. Uh, I went through and, and watched the game, just the Broncos' offensive possessions. That throw is insane. He's off his back foot. He waits and waits and waits for it to come open, and he delivers it. And it actually, of all the um, Mahomesian comparisons that he really honestly started drawing when we were back at the Senior Bowl, that was the most Mahomesian throw I've seen because Mahomes is, a, is, first of all, the Chiefs draw up really slow developing plays because they believe that they're going to be able to protect and, and dial it up. And Mahomes knows. He's just like, I, gotta hold, I just got to stand in here as long as I possibly can and then let that ball go. And Drew not only waited as long as he could, he also put a little extra air under the ball because he knew that he needed to give Andrew Beck a little more time to come open.
1: It's the best throw for a Broncos quarterback since blank. <laughs>
0: Probably a throw that Drew Locke made in week one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but a- Actually,
1: what went through my mind is it's the best throw for a Broncos quarterback since Osweiler hit Demarius Thomas down the sideline late in regulation against New England back in 2015. We
2: don't want to go Osweiler to Jeff Jeff Hireman Hireman. (laughs) against the Colts for a season-long 54-yard touchdown. I'm pretty sure he was just open on that
0: play. (laughs) I'm
1: also thinking of just the moment as well.
0: Uh, That uh, that play has a special place on this podcast (laughs) because before that play, the Broncos' longest play of the season, I believe, was a 36-yard completion to Virgil Green. (laughs) And Zach and I brought it up every single week. We're like, they still haven't had a play over 50 yards this whole season. (laughs) Anyways. um, Maybe we're we're
1: not wandering through the desert anymore.
2: Yep. And you know what some of the best things about – these throws with drew and the timing and the placement and everything is what john always said yesterday he said can't be taught these are natural instincts and that's huge that's huge because drew we knew he had that stuff and he had the talent and what he's done these first two games has shown that they translate to the field
0: isn't it funny that within two weeks again everything changes Uh, within two weeks everyone like we went from people actually legitimately questioning if John Elway even liked Drew Locke to now John Elway is like standing (laughs) Drew Locke.
1: (laughs) That was so stupid. Uh,
0: I mean we like the only we talked about it once on this podcast because we were literally just going through the checklist of like what could possibly be going on here that that could be stopping the Broncos from playing Drew Locke and like. We just mentioned it in passing, like maybe John, maybe John doesn't like him. Like it doesn't seem to make any sense based on what we know, but maybe that, maybe that's one of the possibilities.
1: I think there were people who weren't into Drew Locke in the building, but John Elway, is not one of them. Never was
0: one of them. Yeah, John Elway, I, I've always been of the belief that it was really hard for him to not pick Drew in the first round. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think it was like his gut was telling him take Drew. His evaluation was saying, like, I don't know. He was you know, he was kind of in between things. And when he falls to the second round, he's like, all the pressure's off, we're going to get him.
1: You know what I'm not hearing a lot of anymore? People complaining about the trade that basically ended up being Devin Bush for Noah Fant, Drew Locke, and a third this coming year.
2: You know what else I'm not hearing a lot of? John Elway hate. Oh, yeah. Because right now, John Elway couldn't have, in the past two weeks, John Elway couldn't have gone from trending down any faster to now he, he's the hottest man in town. The
1: last two paragraphs of my piece on Elway for the uh, DNVR top 50 of the decade entirely Spoiler is from the last alert. couple weeks. <laughs> it changed the trajectory to now. I, I would say, hey, maybe John Elway's highly ranked in the 2020s if Drew Locke is a hit. Oh, yeah. Because Drew Locke, if he works out, if he is the guy then that is John Elway's parting gift in all likelihood to Broncos country.
0: Yep. Can you imagine? John Elway brings us John Elway. He then (laughs) brings Denver Peyton Manning. Mm -hmm. And then on his way out, as a tip of the cap, as a bow, as he's walking Mm -hmm. off, brings them the third great franchise quarterback to lead the team to a Super Bowl. Don't
1: think for one second that he hasn't thought about this 100%. and that he doesn't understand what Drew Locke can mean to his legacy. Oh yeah.
0: It honestly, that's, it hangs in the balance on Drew Locke mm-hmm. and, and, and he's always going to be John Elway. But the truth of it is, is people were so ready to turn on him as the GM. And if he gets this right, if Drew Locke is the guy for a long time, well then he was right. he, he He was great, and I mentioned this, and and this is uh, the last thing I'll say here. I mentioned this on the Denver Sports Podcast, and I think I even mentioned it here on Monday. I said, I think we'll look back, and we were talking about the next decade. So I said, I think by 2029, we will look back and say that four-year down period which we might even say was a three-and-a-half-year down period because of Drew Locke, the beginning of Drew Locke's career.
1: And even the first part of 2016 was good, too. They were 6-2. Right.
0: That, but that four-year down period of missing the playoffs, most likely, uh, was simply a blip on the radar of John Elway's tenure as a GM and honestly quite understandable considering the fact that he lost one of the top five quarterbacks of all time and his coach, who he brought in to lead to that Super Bowl in a GIF and we'll look back and say, how could we, how could that not have happened? It would have been miraculous to just keep it going in that period, but then he got Drew Locke, and they were right back on track, and John Elway's tenure finished with winning just the way it started with winning, and was winning in the middle. There was just a little gap in there, which is so understandable.
2: Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And people are going to want to be on John Elway's
0: side. Of course. It's like your son. Yep. You'll always want to believe what they're saying or, or your daughter. Um, but let's move on here. And before we do, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery and especially the Colorado Core, which is such a great – it's honestly an all-season beer. I know I've said that about a few of these, but I can't imagine a time when that wouldn't be good. I think it's probably, probably best in the early fall. Mm-hmm. Still warm little bit of a chill in the air sometimes. How
2: about a day like today? 47 degrees?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. But on a day like today, or honestly, even any day, it's like, you know, apple cider. On a cold day, it's essentially like Good apple day. cider, yeah. just cold. And if you're like me and only like cold drinks anyway, then uh, that, that's the move. So shout out to Breck. Shout out to Colorado Core. And get you some.
2: And speaking of supporting local businesses like Breckenridge Brewery, we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company and... May not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is most reliable local partner. <laughs> probably by now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products, from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And you guys know it. Snow is here, and we've certainly already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to slides and pre and pre-slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and let me tell you, it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that can cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DMVR. So be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. They can do it all at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and make sure to tell them who sent you. All
0: right, let's hop into the question. And mates. I think this first one's for you. It's from
1: our friend Count Locula. Other than my hilariously adorable son laughing or singing the DNVR theme song, which he knows completely at 18 months old. No joke. May singing a Counting Crows song is the best thing I've heard in a long time. Love the count
2: see mace more singing more singing is up is in your future oh boy next one from Jay harrison 16 boys my drew lock jersey came in today so i really hope that he doesn't let me down don't get me wrong i think he's the guy but here's a comparison he's kind of like jay cutler with way more passion and way less cigarettes
0: stop it i also stop it because (laughs) i don't act like this is something new I I am convinced I'm the first person who made this comparison in the whole world because I it was I think it was after uh, Alabama played Missouri um and we were watching that game and Drew Locke was kind of a hot name on the market and I was like he looks like Jay Cutler to me mm-hmm. and that was obviously before we knew that he had the great personality and all that but <laughs> it's true I th- I mean he looks like Jay Cutler yep Definitely doesn't talk like him because Cutler is a bore, yep. but he throws a lot of times like Jay Cutler, too.
2: Also, it's interesting you bought the jersey, and now you're just skeptical about it. <laughs> yeah, it's called buyer's remorse. <laughs> yep. I also have a question. I got a notification saying that the cap is supposed to increase by $8 million in 2020. Does that mean we are re-signing Chris Harris? Kind of seems good. God sent that for, for it to happen, right? He's meant for this team, and I feel like we could potentially get another Super Bowl with him on a new contract. This defense looks like the defense that won Super Bowl 50. Von Miller being a Demarcus Ware, Bradley Chubb being a Von Miller, Cream Jackson being a new TJ board, Justin Simmons being, well, him, and Bryce Callahan, and maybe Bryce Callahan comes back next year and doesn't lose a step, pun intended. Last one, last one is a what if. Sorry for a long comment. I'm just super hype. Going to Week 17 against Oakland. Do I just stop by and say hi at the Sun of Mile High tailgate, or do you guys have obligations? Thank you for getting me through the long days at work. You wouldn't believe how much faster the pods make my days go. Well,
1: definitely come by the Sons of Mile High tailgate because as long as we're all feeling well, you'll see all three of us out there at various times. Usually uh, Zach's kind of the one who uh, handles Things closer to kick off, I'll show up at around uh, noonish or so. RK, you're usually there around that same time, so please come on by and join us. The salary cap comment, I think, is interesting because if you go back and look at recent years and how much the cap increased on a percentage basis, this is actually a below-average percentage compared to previous years. And the other thing is teams expect the cap to increase they've been budgeting for that they've been planning for that so really this doesn't change much at all regarding Chris Harris Jr. Justin Simmons everyone's getting that bump and the fact that the bump has now been confirmed you may have players sitting there saying well great there's more money maybe I'll up my demand a little bit by 500,000 per year or so and that also, I think, underscores the folly of not getting Justin Simmons done at some point before now.
2: And everyone has an extra $8 million.
1: Right, which is why players say, oh, well, I can get a little more. It's going up for everybody. Right. My price just went up.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's kind of a wash anyway. Um, And speaking of washes, I did an explainer on Joe Flacco's contract situation that's going to come out uh, soon. So uh, I, I, I can't confirm this, but I did see a tweet yesterday. I think it was from Trevor Judge. Who said the Broncos, if they moved on from Flacco, which I think is a foregone conclusion, and didn't pick up the team option on Leary, could have upwards of eighty five million dollars in cap space.
1: And you figure if you don't get Justin Simmons done, if you tag him, he's about twelve million on the tag. That's seventy three million dollars.
0: That is a lot of money. That is easy bring back Chris Harris. That is easy-go-pursue-a-tackle. You can
1: tick that up to $77 million if you let go of Jeff Hireman.
0: Yeah. Um, although, Jeff Hireman, I mean, Drew Locke's resurrecting everyone's career out here. <laughs> Jeff Hireman, Deshaun Hamilton, he's making Andrew Beck look usable. Yep.
1: You probably you may want to hang on to Hyreman just for one more year, perhaps, but the fact that you've got Fumagalli sitting there in the stable and you've got Andrew Beck who's showing some flashes, maybe the two of them make Jeff Hireman expendable.
0: The benefits of a quarterback. Again, like, that is a lot of cap space. You can do a lot of stuff there. And John Elway, like we said, is going to want to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, th- and I realized this this morning. While these five games are super important for the evaluation of Drew Locke, they can also be important for attracting free agents, as, free agents starting with Chris Harris Jr. Chris Harris Jr., if he truly believes in Drew Locke, he might say, like, man, I, d- I went through the the you know the mud I don't want to. I don't want to leave right before it gets good again. Yep. Here's
1: a thought. Also, I get on the whole cost-controlled quarterback horse and how much you save when you have that. So, think of that. It, Drew Lock hitting means your cap space could be seventy-three million rather than fifty-three million or or fifty million or even a little bit less than that. Do you take a look at Chris Jones if he's on the market
0: because yes. you have that space? Hard. Yes.
2: Yep. Yep, there's going to be a lot of options for John mm-hmm. out there. It's going to be an exciting offseason.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, you you got a Neil Smith's, uh situation there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Next one coming in from California, Orange and Blue. Hey, boys, haven't posted in a while, but I just had to hop on and say – I did it. I ordered a lock jersey. I had to have one with that 100-year shield they have on this season. Been a huge fan before the draft and went through such a range of emotions on draft weekend, but so stoked. He's so far proving me correct. But honestly, thanks, Mace, for keeping my emotions a bit in check as far as expectations. That being said, I hope that his homecoming on Sunday will be yet another huge dub for the good guys. Go Broncos. I got
0: to break this to you, Cali, orange and blue. Your expectations aren't in check if you just bought a Drew Locke jersey. <laughs> <laughs> of
1: course, I bought a Ronald Acuna Braves jersey after he'd been up for a month.
0: Hey, that's a bold move, but it hasn't uh, come it's, back to bite it's you. It's been yet. all right so far. So. <laughs> um. I like the idea of getting it with the 100-year patch on. It's almost like having a rookie card. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. you have proof that you were on board yep. before everyone else. They don't That's be true. able to custom order that.
1: It also dates it, though, and some people may not want that. That's the only thing.
0: So. That is true. Yeah. Oh. Next one's from H-Town Bronco. I was at the game on Sunday. went with three of my Texans friends. They were all talking mad smack the whole morning. Well, look who got the last laugh. <laughs> By the end of the fourth, it turned into a home game, and the orange and blue became the majority in the crowd. It was beautiful. I 100% believe Locke has it and is the guy. The way he communicates with the media and describes the plays and the enthusiasm. You can tell he gets it. Just admit it, Mace. You know you want to. Come to the dark side. Give in. It feels good. 2020 is the year of the Locke. If I give
1: in, I'm not keeping everybody in check and accountable. So, no.
0: And it's actually the very, very bright side. Yes. It, well, unless Mace you in buy the into side. the Drew Locke as the villain.
2: Oh, <laughs> right. Um, right
0: narrative. Yep.
1: <laughs> I just I'm I'm naturally skeptical. That's fine. A- anyway, it's uh the old reporters adage if your mother tells you she loves you check it out. <laughs>
0: well, Iceman. Well, no, I won't go. Right. I was about to go down a path about to see journalism school, but I'm not going to.
1: All right. Iceman. Hey, boys. Zach, it sounds like you and I are going to ride with TB12 until he hangs up his cleats. <laughs> yep. It's kind of like Vaughn. He's the GOAT. A couple of years ago, he was tied with Charles Haley with five Super Bowl rings no longer. I'll call Mace on the 2020 playoffs and raise him a 2020 AFC Champs once again. AFC West Champs champs once again with Bradley back. Write it down, guys. Andrew Stephen Locke will not struggle in his NFL homecoming game. He and the Bronx could put a 50 burger on the Chiefs, or the Chefs, I should say. Mace is talking about the Chefs like he did the Texans also at home. It's still Bronx 38 20 for me. If it's 52 20, will Mace finally say the Drew Lock era has begun? Go Lock, Broncos, Zoomies. So, what is it, Mace? 52 to 20. <laughs> Everyone's got to put the stallion back in the stable just a little bit.
2: You're not answering the question. 52 to 20. He won't do it. No. I'm, oh, 52 to 12. If, if they get Come 52,
1: on. there's probably at least one, maybe two defensive touchdowns involved. If wow,
2: they, now you're, you're hurting. No, so puts up 38 on his own?
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> 52-20 is more than Drew Locke.
0: Let's just put it this way: When's the earliest you can be a hundred percent sold on? I've Drew been Locke? saying
1: I'm going five games yeah, and then that's I'll do a, it. That's I, what I, I can't back off from that. I wanted him to have a, a sample size. I want to see how he handles a little bit of adversity. I'm hoping, like I think, the ideal situation is the Broncos, even though they've been a first half team, fall behind early. Maybe Drew Locke makes an early miscue, but then he has that bounce back in the same game. That's the ideal scenario from this. If totally. it's
2: 52 to 20, you name it, Empower Field at Drew Locke's mile high. Yes. You <laughs> sign him up, 10-year
0: contract as soon as you can. <laughs> yeah. um, 52 to 20. That would be absurd. <laughs> I, I forget what I had to say. I had to say something, but I forgot. 52, T. Woods, right? From T. Woods 16. Hey, guys, what are the chances you can somehow influence Locke to rock this celly this week? If you didn't watch, it's Buzz doing this weird dance from Toy Story 3. I can highly recommend watching and then trying to imagine Locke doing it. Maybe just mention there's a funny Buzz dance from Toy Story 3. Please, one of you guys, take one for the team and ask this. LOL, go Broncos. (laughs) Sorry, not going to do that. Um, Maybe maybe if we get him off to the
2: side. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Next one from Chub Club, 55. Fellas, greetings from the Palouse. The Palouse. You hit the nail on the head here, mentioning that you guys had more confidence in third down situations with Locke. With Flacco, a third and long was a death sentence, and the special teams and defense knew it. Now, a third down seems like nothing. Drew will just check his handy-dandy wristband and throw a laser to Sutton or Fant, both huge targets. With back-to-back wins, I officially have Drew Locke jersey in my shopping cart on NFL Shop. I'm purchasing it. No questions asked if we beat the Chiefs this Sunday. So my only question is, should I go with blue, orange, or white
0: after the win? Go Broncos. Go orange. Here's the thing. You are getting the 100-year patch, right? So you're already getting the rookie jersey. You might as well get the jersey that he wore in his first ever start, the Um, blue jersey.
1: I don't know. I got to go with orange. Always go with orange. Actually, one thing I wish they would do, and they haven't done this, I don't think you can get custom color rush jerseys That they only have specific players. What I wish they had is the custom color rush orange jersey. That's the one to get.
0: And he will wear the color rush. Is it against the Lions? He'll
1: wear color rush against the Lions. He'll wear regular orange against the Raiders.
0: So he's going to get the full... The uh, full group,
1: uniform gamut in hey. five, weeks. five weeks. How about that?
0: Pretty interesting. Um, I say go with the blue, but you can't go wrong. I mean, I guess it depends on your preferences. Like, I wouldn't buy a white jersey, but some people look really good in white jerseys.
1: Yeah, the problem with white is you wear it to a game, you have a hot mustard. dog, and mustard. <laughs> right that
2: there. It doesn't really look great on orange. My either. my only jersey is a uh, white Todd Helton one, and yep, that mustard happened. It, that it, happened. Yeah. I yep. mustard it.
1: From T-Dubs, not going to lie, I don't have a question. I just wanted to hear Mace say 75. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Drew Lock is the guy.
0: And (laughs) the big Tabowski said it's the desk whack that really makes it for me. always makes me smile. I
1: (laughs) need a sturdy table and a sturdy desk
0: to pull that off.
2: Another quick one from Cameron J. Where would Cortland Sutton rank in this year's draft of receivers? That's
0: a great question. The big Tabowski says fourth at best. Well, okay, this is actually a good um, – Based good t- on where
1: he is now or where he was perceived coming out of SMU? It's got to be stuff. where
0: he is now. Um, this gives me a great uh, chance to issue a correction of a mistake I made on the podcast. I was talking about Waddle. I think it's Jalen Waddle uh, out of Alabama. He's not eligible this year, which is just crazy. I mean, they have so much young, yeah. great players. So,
1: well, that's the thing with Alabama. They're three deep include, includes guys who are going to be on NFL rosters because they just keep – Piling and then them in, they recruit knowing they're going to lose guys after three seasons, really over quick, and over,
2: really quick. Speaking of this, do you see the report? Think yesterday that a bunch of Alabama juniors are thinking about coming back for one more season
0: because they want to win the, the national championship. Yep. No, don't I don't. Want- I
2: don't know. It didn't name names at least yet of who is is in that group, but that would make it interesting well, in terms do you know of the wide who receivers. The
0: juniors are of the wide receiver group. I think it's Mostly. Ruggs is a junior, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know, like, but uh, clearly, I didn't even know that Waddle wasn't drafted. I so.
1: imagine, though, that the domino that tips all this is Tua,
0: right? Right, because they don't want to mm. play for Mac Wilson or whatever his <laughs> name is. <laughs> Williams, Williamson. Just keep going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. From okay, so Cortland Sutton, where would he rank among this draft of receivers? Knowing what we know now, there's no way he he wouldn't be a top uh, a, a first round draft pick. But with speed being so important in the eyes of NFL draft evaluators, I still think he would fall behind most of these um, these speedy guys, like the Alabama guys. I would just say, I don't know exactly where he would rank, but I would say he would be in the 20s.
1: 20s among the first round, not ranked. Well, that probably puts him fourth among receivers. Behind Judy, behind rugs, behind C D lamp.
0: That's wild. Be inter- he, he, it would be an interesting evaluation of him going against LaVisca because LaVisca clearly is more um, gifted, but he's more you, yet more explosive. But you now, yeah, he is for but sure. But he's also
1: a four-five guy in terms of time speed, right?
0: Yeah, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Cortland now has the body of work. He also has been healthy, so touch wood for that one. <laughs> um I like the question. From Dexter. What would you rather have from Locke specifically, but cues in general? A very high floor with a pretty low ceiling or a very low floor with an incredibly high ceiling? Very easy for me. Incredibly high ceiling. You you always go for the high ceiling because the goal here is to win championships. Isn't this the
2: would you rather have kind of what the Broncos have had in, in up or down? with quarterbacks or Dak Prescott.
1: Or in prospects, would you rather have Paxton Lynch or Jake Fromm? Because Lynch had the high ceiling because of Did he really athletic, ath- athleticism and arm talent, but he had the, the very low floor because of the leadership mental side of the game.
2: Some people He was a
1: first-round pick based on the fact that he had that high ceiling. How
2: about this? So a lot of people thought, not here, thought Drew Locke had a pretty darn low floor. Would you rather have Drew Locke or Jake Fromm?
0: Uh, Drew Law I mean, here's the thing. I, 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 like I said, the goal is to get a, a, a great one because that increases your chances of winning a Super Bowl by a lot. Your goal is not to just get an Andy Dalton and just go to the playoffs a bunch. Yep. Your goal is to win. And so while the low floor is comforting, or sorry, the high floor is comforting, it doesn't get you anything in the long run. No. Get you nothing. I'll Out. say
1: this. I, one area in which I have moved is if I had to choose between from Jake Fromm or Drew Locke, I'd take Drew Locke.
0: Hey, Har- that's I mean, me. I don't, there's no way that anyone could say uh, th- otherwise right now. But we had
1: it come up yesterday. Would you trade uh, Drew Locke for the chance to draft Joe Burrow?
0: No. Drew Locke is... We both said yes. No, you guys are crazy. (laughs) Drew Locke has now done it at the NFL level. A lot
1: of guys have done it for two games.
0: I said Drew Locke. I said I was wrong with Drew Locke. I thought you said you were going with Burrow. I teased you that way,
2: and then I switched. Classic.
1: (laughs) No, but I mean, no offense to Drew Locke. I mean, Drew Locke is still an outstanding prospect, but Joe Burrow, I think, is on another level potentially.
0: Joe, let me... And there might be a good answer for this. I'm not uh, trying to, like whole fast one who's the last one year wonder to be really good in the nfl
1: describe like one year one year, of in college. one
0: year of college where he was really good
1: but he also started you know two and a half years right
0: yes but he wasn't very good
1: he was fine he, he was fine in 2018 with lsu not otherworldly like he is right
0: now i oh, mean uh kyler murray but he hasn't proven to be great yeah he was a one-year wonder um right baker
1: tom brady was splitting time in college yeah <laughs> he wasn't was, even I a one that's year just wonder.
0: luck we're talking about first round you know highly touted guy won the heisman or something crazy like that anyways my whole thing is like drew lock has already shown that he can have an incredible game at the nfl level i'll take what i know about that and and Tell me what Joe Burrow has physically that Drew Locke doesn't have. He has a lesser arm and maybe a little more mobility? Maybe. But uh, I mean, like I said, I, I
1: still think he's got better eyes than Drew Locke.
0: It's possible. And all I know that's is Drew Locke a big thing. has now done it at this level and it wasn't and there's no floor. That you're or sorry. There's no lower ceiling that makes me think like, well, I just got to roll the dice with Burrow because his ceiling is so much higher.
2: Right, right. Mace, are we talking like Ryan's blue eyes or my hazel eyes? What what's he
1: have? I don't know what color they are. I'm <laughs> talking about how he looks <laughs> off safeties. <laughs>
2: Next one from Pismo Broncos or Beach Pismo Broncos. Oh my gosh, Pismo Beach <laughs> Broncos 07. Where hey. is Pismo Beach anyway? I
0: think Pismo Beach sounds is California. in
2: California. It sounds okay. California. Hey guys, you mentioned the other day, could you imagine if someone put the money line bet on the Broncos? I did. I know you shouldn't bet with your heart, but my heart screamed Broncos. I got scared and didn't put the C note on it, but did put $60 and made 210 plus at plus 350. Give me the Broncos no matter what. Keeping the topic focused on gambling, what do I do? I'm in a $300 fantasy league. Got the bye week now, and I have a three to four three fourths chance to at least get my money back. I missed this season high score prize of $500 by 10 points. My team didn't look good last week. Need your help. I threw the waiver claim on lock. Now I have Kyler Murray at home against Zach's Browns. Also, I could also pick up Matt Ryan against San Francisco. Locke, Murray or Ryan. Love the Broncos, but do I dare go lock? I, am, I hope I am not wearing fan blinders, but if I could get at least to the finals, maybe I throw Drew for sure into the finals. Caveat, my league is standard scoring, but subtracts half a point on a quarterback for a sack. Dumb rule. But that's how it is. Murray has really hurt me for that reason. Please advise.
0: Uh, first of all, congrats on your big win. Way to follow what I said on this podcast. Um, how this much is really back. interesting. So first of all, Matt Ryan is out. Yes, Against that defense, because
1: if you have Matt Ryan, you're hoping for garbage time. That's it. And if that's your hope on a quarterback, he's probably not your best option.
0: Also, sacks, pass rush, you know, you you don't want to mess with that. This is where it gets interesting, though, because Kyler has been in a funk, uh, has not been playing well recently, almost seems like he kind of hit a rookie wall type of thing. Um, I would know because he's on my fantasy team. (laughs) Um, And Locke is also due to come down to earth a little bit. How dare you. But Locke is going, oh, well. This is the best pass defense
2: he's going against, and the Chiefs can't defend the run for the life of them. hmm. So in terms of statistics, not how Drew's going to look, but statistics, that could hurt.
0: And Murray's at home while Locke is on the road in a very tough environment. Oh, yep. man, this is, I can see why you asked. <laughs> yeah. it's not, and I, I don't like having the responsibility of, <laughs> of saying something. I'll you, say you. this
1: for Kyler Murray. I mean, obviously, the last couple of games have not been good, but then the three games before that, including a couple against the 49ers, Kyler had seven touchdown passes in those three games, and so he's got nine touchdown passes overall in the last five games against five interceptions. And he's got a couple of touchdown runs in that span. So he's averaging a little over two touchdowns accounted for per game in the last five games. He's at home against the Browns. I got to go Kyler here.
0: Yeah, and I assume the Chiefs' defense is ranked higher than the Browns, um, especially the way they've been playing the last two or three weeks. Go, Kyler.
2: Man, you guys are taking the cold hand. I'm
0: taking the hot hand. Go with Drew. But I don't
1: know that Kyler's hand is that cold
0: yeah I mean he did ha- I mean he's had two back to back pretty
1: he had 20. three picks Sunday
0: it's hard yeah. to have a cold hand in Arizona yeah it's true yeah, it's uh well back. I'm glad that we split <laughs> up because now yeah he's we not. just I mean, made it not, harder this for this poor general guy general yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah I don't want to be responsible <laughs> if we picked
1: the wrong guy yeah DP 3107 guys so this Patriots cheating thing is happening again I am with Mace 100 percent but I would go farther. If it is proven the Pats were spying on teams again, they should lose their playoff spot. Belichick should be suspended for an entire season. He should be fined $500,000. The franchise should be fined $1 million, and they should lose, at minimum, their next two first-round draft picks. We know that isn't happening at this point, but how else are you going to discourage this behavior? Well, one of the ideas I said is no draft picks for three years for the Patriots, so you can't tank for Trevor.
0: I would say just implode <laughs> Gillette Stadium. Back to the Broncos. They're Bronx. not allowed to play until they build another stadium. <laughs> I like that, Zach. I like that. I like them all. <laughs> okay, back uh, to Broncos. Like, oh, go ahead. Real quick, there's no penalty that that can be too high if they are caught cheating again. There's, yeah. I mean, this is, they didn't learn
1: their lesson. They're, they've already been
0: warned. Right. This is showing. That they do not care if they get caught, like they just, oh, we got caught. Okay, just do it again. We'll take the punishment. And, and we'll do it the again. craziest thing here is that the whole like we're sending a film crew to do a little th- that's been used before. That excuse has been used before <laughs> by the Patriots. This is, I mean, like I said, if they are able to find footage that honestly even leaves a reasonable amount of doubt of what they were doing. Send the franchise into the, into the surface <laughs> of the sun.
2: When Mace, really, really quick, behind the scenes, when Mace laid out his punishment right now, right after he was done, he had the biggest
1: smile on his face. <laughs> I, I want I, to make them an example for everybody else.
0: Force the sale of the team. I mean, there is no, like I said, there is no penalty that is too high for this. And honestly, whatever the penalty is, the, the follow-up should be, if this happens again, we are shutting down the franchise.
1: <laughs> yeah the problem is the NFLPA would say that's a loss of jobs
0: that they'll just create a team in uh portland
1: <laughs> portland london san, san, make a play in san antonio for a year
0: well, an expansion team would be really fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: anyway back to broncos mace as far as the 2020 draft goes how do you feel about them going trey smith guard from tennessee early in the second the guy seems to be a really great run blocker with Reisner McGovern and him on the inside. Now you have a start to a line. I am in Casey, so I'd be for sure interested in a meetup. The thing is with uh, with run blockers, I think it's easier to find those guys, and you may be able to find players whose strengths are in run blocking further down the line. I'm looking for someone who's a little bit more in pass pro right now if I'm going to take him in the first couple of rounds. So also, I like the idea of moving McGovern back to guard. Even though he's been fine at center, I think he can do better uh, by having Tyler Biotish in there at center and moving McGovern to guard and get everyone playing at their strengths.
0: Speaking of Mace's smile, after talking about uh, his punishment for the Patriots, as you may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. And our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam that's right you simply have to take care of your teeth for green mountain dental to hand over a free sonic air toothbrush check them out today uh online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today
2: next one from djc151 favorite barbecue styles in order carolina love the sweet tang yay good choice texas three memphis four kc cuz fkc Ryan's shaking his head in big time disagreement. He's <laughs> got it all backwards, man.
0: You <laughs> Would got you it just all flip backwards.
1: it? Wait, you have Carolina fourth?
0: Um, yeah, you guys,
2: you guys have to explain what these flavors mean. <laughs> well, first just of all, with style.
1: Carolina, there's different styles for different parts of the Carolinas, and it's, it's based on the sauce. If you go to South Carolina, it's a sweet mustard-based sauce. If you go to the eastern part of North Carolina, it's a tangy vinegar-based Vinegar. sauce. That's what, that's what I grew up with. And then you get to the Piedmont in the Western North Carolina. It's mis- mixed. It's more of a tomato base with also some vinegar. So it's kind of an in-between type of sauce.
0: Okay, so I I, I like all barbecue, but I do put that one, the the mustard and the vinegar doesn't quite see, do see for, for me.
1: me. Texas is fourth. Okay, because so I'm not really a brisket guy.
0: I go. Casey is number one. It is like pretty easily in my opinion. Um, Why? It's. Uh, I don't know. It's but just, their
1: style is incorporating stuff from various places. Like, KC is works. an amalgamation of Texas, Carolina, Memphis. They just so took they the just, best parts yeah. of each <laughs> yeah, and right. made it their
0: own, and it was <laughs> genius. Um, and and they specialize in burnt ends, which I think is just, like, the um, – the golden goose of barbecue, and Jack food. Stack
1: does have the best burnt ends.
0: Oh, and the beans, Jack Stack beans. beans <laughs> are how about the cheese? So
1: good! The cheesy corn bake. The che- yes, you got to get. <laughs> you, that's what you get.
0: You get, uh, you get, an order of burnt ends with the cheesy corn bake and the beans. Or the last time I went, bake. I honestly just got double beans. That's how good they are. Oh, I love beans. They're the best amazing. in the world. Oh, they are man. amazing.
1: You know what? We were actually talking about Joe's Kansas City and. The sandwiches I mentioned the Z Man sandwich. <laughs> Maybe we need to like have a special meal over a podcast and order like you can get some Kansas City barbecue shipped in.
0: Yes, you can. We
1: might have to do that sometime. Yeah? Every
0: time I go to Kansas City, I end up getting targeted Facebook ads. The second I get back to Colorado, <laughs> it's like, do you want that food you want? Yeah, you want some more of that? Oh, um, that's so, awesome. Casey, Memphis, Texas, Carolina for me, and mm-hmm. Texas does deserve credit because I think they do brisket the best. But I don't like their whole war on sauce.
1: How much time have you spent in the Carolinas, RK? Not a lot. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure that if you hung out with me in the Carolinas for a bit, I could change your mind.
0: I would love to do that. Because in the end, even if it's the worst barbecue, it's still barbecue (laughs) and it's amazing. And it's not the worst. Like, it's not even fair to call it the worst. It's. The lowest ranked, in my opinion. It's not bad.
1: One year, we need to say, we're going to go to pro days at Clemson, South Carolina, North Carolina, NC State, and just whip our way around the two states eating barbecue. Eat our way around the state.
0: We could just do the uh, the U.S. tour instead of the world tour. It would be <laughs> yeah. a lot cheaper. It would
2: be. He says, two, re-watched the tape, and I saw at least three to four elite throws that you don't just see from an average to good NFL quarterback. The first two to Fant and the one deep to Patrick on the sideline when his back foot it shows he's a franchise quarterback. Those are the type of franchise quarterback throws. This don't kid. forget the
0: one to a Beck.
2: Yep, this kid is going to be special. Three, I feel really bad for Allie on the DNVR pod because she's got to try to rein in all the boys being boys and being weird and off task, LOL.
0: You yep. should have seen yesterday before the podcast started, we went off, you know you know when you just get in a rant with your boys and you start like, you're talking about something that's unrealistic and you just keep building more and more and more and more. And <laughs> yep. Like, what if then this happened? Yep. then. Oh, man, it got rowdy in there, and now was like, what is happening? <laughs> Four, let's petition for official
2: lock jerseys to be available.
1: Amen, because when I went into the Broncos team store on Monday, still no Drew Lock jerseys. Wh- why they should have we ju- have to petition the Broncos to <laughs> make more money? And here's what's weird. They, are, they don't have Joe Flacco jerseys available right now, which is fine. This is the team store down at Dove Valley. They've got Josie Jewell jerseys on display. Josie Jewell is a backup. He's not starting.
0: It's silly. I mean, I cannot think of one single good reason. I don't want to yell about Drew Locke stuff anymore because I'm done with that. But why should we have to petition the Broncos to accept money?
1: Yeah, who likes making money? I mean, come on. Silly.
0: From Broncology, the Patriots cheat because that's what they do. They have never been seriously punished. It doesn't matter if it's the Bengals. It's in their DNA. Why do some men cheat on the most beautiful women in the world? Because they can't help it. It's part of their makeup. The Patriots have been caught very few times compared to how many times they are culpable. The Patriots would look into modifying the grass on the field if they could find a competitive advantage. (laughs) Suspend Belichick for a year. All Patriot profits for an entire year goes to nonprofits for kids. Set an example that cheating will not be tolerated.
1: I like that about the uh, nonprofits for kids there. By the way, how do you guys feel about Deflategate? The Patriots get away with something? or was the fact that they got uh, off legit?
0: It's just a a prepen- It's a propensity for bending the rules that mm-hmm. they have, and it's just one thing in a long line of doing that. I don't think there was any um, plausible deniability where they were like, oh, we just didn't know that was against... Like They,
1: they went they with were- the ideal gas law. Right. That they, was their defense.
0: They knew they were cheating. And they just thought, like, it's just a little thing. Ryan, isn't it what you say about CU? Oh, 100%. But... You do it until you get caught, and then you have to readjust. Right, and oh, but also, by the way, in college football, literally everyone is cheating.
1: It's just that they only punish, you know, the lesser lights. They don't even punish like, anyone. Well, Mizzou got a bowl ban.
0: Yeah, for what? How long? One, One year? year. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Where's
1: the punishment for Alabama? Actually, the Bucks are they have been are on they a, bathing uh, in ivory liquid right now? No.
0: I wish the Buffs were on a 20-year bull band. Then I wouldn't feel so bad about the fact that they haven't been. Well,
1: it's like Jerry Tarkanian used to say in basketball, Kentucky cheated, so Cleveland State's going on probation.
0: Yeah, it's, it, I mean, again, it should, everyone cheats in college sports. If you aren't doing it, you're just falling behind. Honestly, the NFL should probably be taking the same approach, But that the team that, that is an absolute dynasty – has been caught cheating multiple times now, like by not doing it, all you're doing is allowing them to get further ahead of you. Right. Exactly. But that's a whole different conversation.
2: Next one from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, as much as I wanted to be, to be cocked, loaded and ready to rock for sorry, sensors, for some emojis that, <laughs> that he throws in. I'm with Mace. The kid has more than earned his chance, but let's see how he responds to the stuff hitting the fan. If it doesn't happen on Sunday, it might not ever happen this year with the Lions and the Raiders at home. I love when that when Drew's unlocked, the ball is spread all over the field, and it's not just to his favorite target. That's what the greats do. They make the pieces around them better. We've seen this level of excitement in the past, however. Elway took 14 years to fully pay off. Cutler was good, but fizzled once he left. Cutler was
1: still the best Bears quarterback since Sid Luckman, though, so I'm just, I wouldn't say he fizzled.
2: Tebow caused too many heart attacks in the fourth quarter. Manning fell into our laps. Point being, I want to see how he does in the long term. It feels good to have a glimmer of hope. I want him to be the guy. But as they say in his home state, show
0: me. If it, I mean, if it takes Drew Locke 14 years to win a Super Bowl, that's not all that bad. I know that sounds crazy. The thing is, that means Drew Locke was the franchise quarterback. You were in contention almost every single year. You won
1: a hell of a lot of games along the way. You to still there 14 years later.
0: You won a ton of games, and then eventually it paid off. So I, it is crazy how we go from like, can this guy even play in the NFL to like, well, I'm not sure if he can win us a Super Bowl
2: <laughs> in two know,
1: weeks. And you don't have to win a Super Bowl to be the guy because there are – Statistically few quarterbacks that have ever won a Super Bowl. That can't be the only way of defining the guy. Look, Matt Ryan is the guy in Atlanta, right? Oh, yeah. Has been. Doesn't have a big ring on his finger. Philip Rivers, the guy with the Chargers. Did not get there. Right. You can be the guy without winning the ultimate thing if you've elevated the level of the franchise. Would you say Matthew Stafford? He's the guy in Detroit. Yes, and they did a heck of a lot better with him than they did in the decade without him.
0: The, the sad truth, though, is that if you don't win a Super Bowl, you were wrong to make them the guy. Because you needed to improve on the position to win the Super Bowl. Really?
1: Well, what, what about if you look at the, the Chargers, for example? I mean, look, there have I, been I, years where you can say the rest of the roster let down Phillip
0: Rivers. For sure. For sure. But, I mean, like, look at like, Andy Dalton. They made him the guy. They were wrong to do so.
1: Because he had relatively limited talent
0: yes um, Philip Rivers is an interesting case I'm just of the belief that like if you would have moved on from Philip Rivers three years ago I think that's when he signed his last contract mm-hmm. um, if you would have done that then you could have ha- had a chance of getting the next Mahomes the next Watson you know and I realize those guys haven't done it yet but then you have you've extended your window you've given yourself another chance to do it and then if those guys eventually do it then you are wrong but it's, it's impossible to think that way when you have a guy who is the guy.
1: And particularly endemic to the Chargers, they have been scouting quarterbacks heavily in recent drafts. So they've been looking to move on for a while now.
2: How about this, guys? If the Broncos were to have won a Super Bowl in Jay Cutler's 14th year, they would be winning it in a couple of months. Oh, my God. <laughs> how crazy! How far removed does Jay Cutler feel?
1: Well, Would he have met uh, Kristen Cavallari if he'd stayed with the Broncos? Decades. He might not have been a reality television star. We might not know <laughs> the details about his sex life that we know because of <laughs> Kristen and what she said on television.
0: It would have been hard to go with Jay Cutler for 14 years.
1: Isn't
2: that
0: nuts? It is nuts. And he's I mean, only he's been out of the league for two years. Yeah.
2: And he's only 36, so he probably wouldn't retire after this
0: year. So we'd be rolling with him for
2: even longer, especially after a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, it would. There would. I think this town would eventually eaten Jay Cutler alive, unless he's delivering Super Bowls. Right, but I'm talking about before 14 years, they would have probably shipped him out of town.
1: And you might have had Josh McDaniels for a lot longer, because that would have meant he would have kept. What an
0: Cutler. idiot, man! How do you come <laughs> into a team that has the franchise quarterback? And start thinking, how can I get rid of this guy? Like, think about, think about the way that, like, um, teams viewed the Jets' job or the Browns' job, or I should say coaches' view. The whole idea of the job was, oh, they've got their quarterback in place. That's the hardest thing to do is to get your quarterback. They've already got him. That's a great job. Yeah. McDaniels had that, came in, and pushed the guy away. It is crazy. For Matt Castle. <laughs> yeah. What an –
2: idiot what an idiot the next one Ryan is for you from coming in from the big Tabowski Davion Taylor what round can we get him in and how do you think he projects onto the Broncos roster round six or seven or will he go higher could he be the answer to the illustrious coverage linebackers I first saw him in the Utah game with a monster hit and man I would love to see that hit in orange and blue full credit to Henry for alerting me to this player
0: yeah so I think he would be your off-ball linebacker in this system and i love the idea he he gotten a lot better at coverage throughout this year cuz the the buffs played him in a, a weird position that that asked him to play a lot more coverage than i thought he was suited for he succeeded in it uh, a lot uh, especially towards the end of the year i do think you could probably get him in day 3 i don't know where on day 3 but i think that's probably the the spot for him is day 3 um and I would like to see him get a chance in this defense, too. He's certainly uh, faster than any – I forget what it is. He won, like, a, a pretty intense race. Like, that's how fast he is in high school. So, wow. um, he's, a, he's a pretty fast dude. He's probably a guy that needs some time to develop, though, right? Yes. And, again, it's just, it, you want to put him in the right scheme, right place, and let him flourish there.
2: He was a uh, sixth-place finisher in the 100-meter dash.
0: Yeah, well his time, what
2: was his time? Doesn't say. Uh, doesn't say, yeah. He, his, he's a he fast. ran the 200-meter dash in 21 seconds. He can burn. I'd say so for
0: being a linebacker. From Dan Burke, a few thoughts. One, I get a strong feeling that Tim Patrick will have a Shaq Barrett career arc.
1: Ooh, makes sense.
0: Two, I've heard on the grapevine that the Rocky Mountain region appeals to Brandon Scherf, and he may be interested in coming here. Couple that with Munchak and a potential franchise quarterback and, of course, the dysfunction on his current team, and it's definitely possible.
1: At that point, you're not re-signing Connor McGovern potentially.
0: He goes on and says, Also remember he was a left tackle at Iowa, and having Trent Williams established as a starter didn't give him an opportunity to play left tackle in the pros. He didn't meet the 34-inch arm length that most consider for tackle play, but then again, neither did Joe Thomas. But I
1: don't think you're going to see him at left tackle wherever he moves on, especially if a team brings him in as a free agent, they're going to pay him to do what he's been doing.
0: Yeah, of course. Threes for Mr. B. For Cam Newton to the Chargers is gaining traction. Any thoughts on if Cam comes to the division? That'd be great. Um, yeah, uh, Vaughn would get to see his son two times a year, which you want to you you need to have those visitations. Uh, and um, the Broncos could break Cam Newton a couple times a year. It'd be awesome.
2: Yeah, I mean, getting a quarterback in your division that can't really throw right now is probably a plus.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe they're
1: thinking he's another Peyton Manning, but I don't think that's the case. There's more physical infirmities there and because cam was always so reliant upon what he could do physically i think if he comes to the chargers great enjoy seven and nine
0: you know how you like go to the grocery store and sometimes there's like a full-size cutout of someone like selling something yep if cam newton saw von miller in the grocery store it's one of those things he'd probably (laughs) fall over that's how scared of von miller he is Five, Mesa, did you see the reference the Simpsons made about the Broncos the other day? The Simpsons are still making new episodes? Yeah,
1: and I did not. I mean, we're at the point of the year where I'm just not watching episodic television because it's football season, and we're all pretty busy right now. So I'd love it, Danny. Can you break down what the reference was?
0: (laughs) He says something, he says, has there ever been a time where they weren't shady towards the Broncos? No. Every reference I can think of has been negative. Is there a reason, what's his name, Matt Gronick? Matt Groening. Groening?
1: I mean, he he grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so you imagine he was a Seahawks fan, but I think the thing with the Broncos is this. The first reference to the Broncos on the show, it was back, I believe, in 1991, Of course, and Homer bets on Denver against New England. And the end of 10 seconds of play, New England 7, Denver nothing. And in the third quarter, the Broncos are down 55-10 to the Patriots, which, by the way, was the same score as Super Bowl 24. The thing about it was, when the Simpsons launched, the Broncos were synonymous with losing because they'd dropped three Super Bowls in a four-season span. 86, 87, 89. So at that point, a team like, say, Tampa Bay, they were losing, but they were losing kind of out of the spotlight because they never got to the playoffs, whereas the Broncos were losing, losing badly in on the biggest stage imaginable. So one of the things when you're working on a show and you're writing it and you're writing jokes, you want to have something that everybody gets. Would everybody have gotten... A reference to Tampa Bay? Probably not. But Denver, well, casual, casual observers that watched one game a year, the Super Bowl, because it was a party, knew that the Denver Broncos were getting beat down in the Super Bowls. And that's what started kind of the avalanche of references over the years to the Broncos, always in a negative light throughout the 90s.
0: Right. Yep. From Am I Right or Amarillo? <laughs> uh, if Raheem Moore had better depth perception... When would Drew Locke have made his first start? I d don't understand. Hmm. Is he saying because the Broncos won another Super Bowl with Peyton?
1: Yeah, maybe. Who knows if Peyton comes back for that fourth season, by the way, if he's already got two if he's already, got a, he's already got a ring in Denver. So yeah. Fascinating. Hmm.
0: Goes on and says, if Saints safety Marcus Williams doesn't whiff on Stephon Diggs, is Josh Allen the Broncos' starting quarterback?
1: Because they wouldn't have signed Case Keenum. Now, that's an interesting one. I don't think so because they coached Josh Allen and they didn't see enough to draft him. They could have drafted him no matter what. I don't think that not having Case Keenum would have made them fall in love with Josh Allen when they worked with him for a week closely and didn't see what they wanted to see
0: threes for mr Four. i need to address rk's love for cliff kingsbury as a (laughs) texas tech fan i appreciate what he did as a player but don't forget as a coach his dynamic offense couldn't keep him employed in the big 12 not a conference known for its defensive prowess he posted two winning seasons in six years that's patrick mahomes and a young baker mayfield his offenses are always fun to watch but his teams are reminiscent of the late shanahan era broncos losing shootouts i mean none of that matters to me um it's all about the offense. All that matters in, like, in the NFL is can he find a good defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know what his options were when he went with Vance Joseph. Not the brightest decision on his part. But if he can find himself a good defensive coordinator, which clearly has been an issue for him, uh, whether that's his fault or you know uh, his, pool, his pool for assistance at Texas Tech might have affected that, what was available out there as a defensive coordinator this year when he was searching, that affects it. But in the end, he's an offensive guy. His team's lost to Texas Tech because they couldn't play defense. That's not his fault. And the
1: other thing is just because you don't win as a college head coach doesn't mean you don't have what it takes to succeed as a pro head coach. It's a different skill set, different set of strengths that are required for the job. I mean, Jim Caldwell took the Colts with Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl. And I think he had, what, one winning season at Wake Forest? Yeah. George Seifert, I think, was a losing coach at Cornell. And he got the 49ers to a couple of Super Bowls. Now, those are great situations. But still, it just underscores that just because you fail as a college coach doesn't mean you can't succeed as a pro
0: coach. Here's the thing. Kyler Murray is going to be successful with Cliff Kingsbury as his head coach. I'm convinced of that. It's going to come down to the GM putting together a good defense and then finding a good defensive coordinator. Maybe Vance Joseph can develop into that guy. I don't um, expect that to happen, but they're going to, it's going to be about what you put around him. Why I always loved Cliff was because I knew whatever young quarterback you get in there is going to find a way to succeed in that offense eventually.
1: I used the words Peter Principal to describe Vance Joseph. I think that, that applies.
0: <laughs> he says, five, itching for Sunday by Tuesday. Thank you, Drew. Six, I've gone down rabbit holes, so I'll shut up now. Sevens for Elway. Nice.
1: Bumpy Buffalo, DNVR. Let's get on the hype. Authentical train here and say by some Tebow fashion miracle, they make the playoffs. We would then be looking to play the chiefs Texans or Titans in the wild card (laughs) round. If we blow the chiefs out on Sunday, then these are all teams. We have already beaten this season Two on the road and a shutout at home with Flacco, even more down the hole. We would then go to Baltimore. How would you see that going? Quick PS, when will Brandon Perner be back on the pod to battle out Drew being the guy with Mace?
0: <laughs> well, we should have uh, old Perna back on eventually.
1: Sounds like a good offseason pod.
0: Yeah, it was it was yep. this last off-season for yep. us. Um, well, Broncos against Baltimore, not a great matchup. The Broncos, when they lose the season, it's generally because they can't stop the run. Well, not all the time, but generally when they can't stop the run in a game, they lose. And that's the hardest thing. About, uh, about that matchup with Baltimore. I'll just tell you, Mason. Broncos media got pushed back <laughs> okay. uh, to 11.55, so we're good on time.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's great news because yeah. there's an accident on 25. That was just showing you guys on oh. Google Maps. Oh,
0: good. Well, I know a back way anyway. Um, <laughs> so do I. So Chiefs, Titans, or Texans, I mean, you feel great about that if this were to happen. Who would you most want to play on the road? Texans. You've already done it. You, I mean, you beat the brakes off them.
2: It, isn't there a saying that's hard to do that two times? Yeah, sure.
1: but I don't think they're a very good team right now. Like of those teams, I think the Texans are third. I think we'll see over the next three weeks when the Titans and Texans go head to head. But this is a different Titans team than the one that rolled into Denver back in early October with Ryan Tannehill.
0: While the Chiefs do have a propensity for losing at home in the playoffs. That's the one you don't want to face the most, for sure.
1: And they got the home win last year against the Colts.
0: Yeah, they did, but
2: it's still part of their uh, lineage. <laughs> Missouri Broncos says, maybe this is a tinfoil hat, maybe not. Wadman definitely has some blackmail on McMahon.
0: It's why he's still around. Go DNVR. Could be. You never know. These
2: tinfoil hats have played out in the past.
0: I'm excited for next season when the Broncos have a new punter.
1: <laughs>
2: for.
0: That doesn't fall in the four-year plan, though, Ryan. I
1: don't care.
0: What's the four-year
2: plan? The four-year plan is that Colby Wadman's here for four years. Give me an (laughs) effing
0: break. You
1: you got last year's Ray Guy Award award winner Braden Mann down at the the Senior Bowl. He's already committed. There we go. You got Max Duffy, could turn pro. He's the punter out of uh, Kentucky coming from Australia. You're going to have some – if he turns pro, you got some possibilities there. Punter, punter, punter! Give me a punter! Give me someone with a cannon leg.
0: I'm down for more Australians. <laughs> me too. Give me more Australians. Yeah. Uh, from Gottes can have a mate. Yeah. <laughs> if you resign him. Um, and by the way, Tom McMahon, if you think Colby Wadman is on a four-year plan, uh, you're not aware of the plan for yourself. <laughs> He's on a four-week plan. <laughs> yeah, is that what you, you're might be, or you might be. You might be. From Micah Pexa, hey, what is all this if Drew Lock gets hurt going on with everyone touching wood? I have been <laughs> touching wood. I am 100% on touching wood on that, so that's on you boys. Uh, I know one of those DNVR members made you a special piece of wood, the one that I literally just touched with the Broncos logo on it just for this purchase. <laughs> Time to dust it off and start using it again. Too much potential jinxing going on. We have two of these, Zach, so there's no excuse to not have it out when I'm not on the podcast. <laughs> You're right.
2: We, we got it
0: right here. It's right in between us. From Mile High Magic 94. Anyone else see the official NFL post that put a horse emoji next to Drew Locke's stats? Curious if they know what that's all about. Well, if
1: it's just the horse, that's it. It if there's a rooster next to the horse, that's when you got the <laughs> reference. The yeah, horse is just, just a Bronco. <laughs> oh oh man. man,
2: that's great. Next one from Luke Sky Locker. Oh man. Bad. On the podcast, Mace, I'm not ready to say Locke is a guy. One hour later. Mace, we are going to the playoffs next season with Locke at quarterback. Wasn't my quote. Two hours later on Twitter. Mace, what? I never said Locke is the guy. Mace, 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 search your feelings. You know it to be true. Oh, he's going to the Star
1: Wars route, so he's really trying to get to me here. Master
2: Elway has searched the galaxy from Endor to the Outer Rim to find his Padawan. The Force is strong with young Drew. He's the guy. The next Jedi, our only Hope. It's time for you to jump on this Karelian freighter. Karelian freighter. Karelian freighter with me and enjoy the ride. He's our QB. Just say it,
1: you'll feel better. He's the starting quarterback in 2020. Hey, <laughs> and
0: progress. they're going to the playoffs. It's a good time. The the, the uh, amount of space where the Broncos go to the playoffs with Drew Locke as the quarterback and he doesn't play well is a very small. Yes. Small area. It's a Very small area. I
1: acknowledge small. that. It's the area in which the Bills were with Tyrod Taylor. It's the areas in which... Well, Tyrod played which, really well that year. The, he played better the previous years when they didn't make the playoffs, though.
0: Yeah, but he, I think he had 21 touchdowns, yeah. 7 interceptions. It's
1: the area where the Vikings were with Christian Ponder handing off to Adrian Peterson. It's the area the Bears were back in 2001 going 13-3 and with Shane Matthews and Jim Miller as the quarterbacks.
0: Literally never the luckiest
1: team I've ever seen. Well, right. The That's, 2001 Bears. There,
0: the area exists. It's just a small one. Yep. Yes.
1: And I admit, I'm betting on this the small part of that if Drew Locke does not pan out. I'm fine with that. I have confidence in where the rest of the roster is going.
0: The good news for everyone is that Drew Locke is going to pan out, and if they make the playoffs, (laughs) it's going to be great. And At some point, Mace will be saying he's the guy. At some point.
1: Y.O. Bronco. Hello, men. I believe that Drew is the seventh starting quarterback since Manning. Elway number seven. Drew seventh QB. Three for Mr. B. Drew, number three. Interesting coincidence or good omens? Great omens. Although, let's see. You had Simeon, Lynch, Osweiler, Keenum. Yeah. (laughs) Flacco Allen. So aren't you glad that Brandon Allen started those three games then for this numerology? It was all part of the plan. (laughs) I think they need to roll with Locke next season. If it works out, great. If not, then we know that 2021 draft will have some good QB prospects. I'm afraid two, maybe three of the top left tackles will be gone by the time we pick along with Akuda. Then what? I don't want to reach on a tackle. I want another elite, elite receiver or two. Trade down a few spots to take possibly a tackle. Then trade back into the first for receiver, lamar Ruggs, or Biotish. I don't think Lamar Ruggs are going to be there if you trade down. Although I'm happy, happy to roll with McGovern at center. Also would love to see a coverage backer. Named to watch, Logan Wilson of Wyoming. He was a Buccas finalist and will be at the Senior Bowl. Projected fifth rounder, but have heard where the good Senior Bowl could climb to the mid-rounds. We are full on Toy Story with Buzz on offense and Rex the Dinosaur on defense. LOL. Thanks, boys. I like Logan Wilson, by the way, as a mid-round pick.
0: I'd love to see him here. Sure. Um, here's what <laughs> no I'll enthusiasm. say. No enthusiasm. Well, I'll tell you after the senior bowl. I'm all, not always. We're like 80 percent right about whether we like people at the senior bowl or dislike them. <laughs> um, I'll say this: this is an amazing draft. This is an amazing draft if you have the guy at quarterback. Because the worst case scenario is you fall down and you just take another one of the generational wide receiver class. Like, right. like if you fall to 16, there's going to be a great wide receiver available there. Just take him and there are There's going to be good. great
1: prospects in round three. That's how deep this class is.
0: Also, I, I think you guys talked about this yesterday because I think I saw a comment about it. Um, don't write off the fact that Gary Bowles could be the starting left tackle next year.
2: Oh, I'm not writing it off.
0: I'm not writing it off. To I me, just,
2: I think it's a massive mistake. I
0: don't want to see it.
1: I just – I'm not writing it off.
2: But here's the thing. Well, we'll get to it in our roundtable on
0: the fifth-year option. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the ultimate – Oh, wow. I think he's we playing – We don't even have to wait to know. Yeah, I think like he's, play... yeah, he's playing for his fifth-year option in the next three games. The fifth-year option, when do you have to make that call? Is that May? Mar- March oh. or May, yeah. March. So before the draft – well, before it, free oh isn't it right before May. free agency? I thought for some reason I remembered May first in my mind, but I don't I think
1: it's I think it's May. Okay. You can take it back, I think, by May.
0: Hmm. <laughs> you <laughs> right. failed oh, in man. the beginning. I can't of wait. For, I can, just because I'm, I'm a person who enjoys a good <laughs> online meltdown. Oh, that <laughs> one's gonna be good. All right, for make the Broncos. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Hang on. Before we, I want to clarify this. Go ahead, Mace. Last year, the deadline was May 3rd. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, I guess, we'll, I guess we will but have to will. But usually
1: teams do it early. Usually they pick up the option before free agency. This actually though. gives the
0: Broncos an interesting flexibility that I know you guys are going to hate listening. You don't have to reach on tackle in the first round. You don't have to overpay a tackle if you don't want to. And then you, that's your fallback option. But again, you still I, don't I do even have to it. pick up the fifth-year option.
2: Right, he's on your team next yeah. year if you want him.
1: But yeah. I love how the 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 notion of kind of talking yourself into Garrett Bowles. Like, he, I, you know, he like you a, know
0: why we're doing it though, because know. we know the person there's right. a person who has the ultimate power that's doing exactly.
1: it. Exactly. And and I and I get that, but at the same time, he had a streak of games late last year where he played pretty clean ball too. Yep. And then he was right back in the soup at the end of the regular season and it carried over into this year. So I've seen look. I've seen this false dawn before, from Garrett Bowles.
2: You know what would be nuts? I don't think this would be the case. But what happens if Garrett Bowles is so bad next year, or he's cut this year, and then he's not in the league anymore? No one picks him up. Then you'd have Paxton Lynch, Shane, Shane Ray. Ray, Garrett Bowles. That would be
1: nuts. No, that's a world of suck. Like just if not on of them fifty-two man
2: rosters, right?
0: 53 minute roster. It's possible, although oh, tackles wow. are so in demand yeah. that a guy with that much experience who has shown flashes will get up. Someone, someone will, someone will slide him. him into guard at least. Yeah, they'll give it a chance. Alright, from Make the Broncos Great Again, Ryan, great point on one of the recent pods. In two weeks, Drew Locke has made the offense look incredible, saves Skangarello's drop, and made the offensive line look really good, infused the entire team with energy, made the Broncos fun to watch again, and made Elway look like a genius. Yeah, and actually, as a subscriber, you can read my whole column on that very thing. It's This is a quarterback league. The only thing that matters is the quarterback in the grand scheme of things. If you have one, everyone looks great. If you don't have one, everyone looks terrible in 90% of the cases. (laughs) If
1: you don't have a quarterback, your ceiling is one and done the playoffs. And that's why I'm picking the Broncos to go to the playoffs, whether Drew Locke is good or not next year, because I think they've done enough to build up the rest of the roster to where even if Locke struggles, they'll reach that ceiling of being one and done the playoffs Regardless,
2: make the Broncos great again, chimes in again and says the only criticism I can make of Locke at this point is that he stares down his receivers. Teams will start to key on that and he will be more vulnerable to throwing picks. If that if he continues to do that with his arm strength, all he needs to do is just look off the safety for a second. And that's all
1: it will take. And that's where I have a worry for Sunday against the Chiefs defense that is playing at a high level in terms of getting takeaways on the back end. I fear that there may be a couple of picks Like the one we saw in the third quarter on Sunday.
0: What's the weather? Do you know what the weather's supposed to look like? I think it's
1: supposed to be 32. I don't know if precipitation. Cold. Nope. Nope. Precipitation partly
0: cloudy. Yeah. Okay. Snow in Denver on Sunday though. Drew will be fine. He's played in that a million times. How
1: much snow in Denver?
0: Um, it's a good question. I mean back is Sunday night. So. Zach always knows when there's
2: snow. He starts. He's the. He's going to the store, stocking up on loaves of
0: bread. I already have.
2: Once I saw that snow emoji pop God, up, you're so ridiculous. bread,
0: milk,
3: good.
1: Oh, right. and I also say get some brick Brew too, mm. from
0: Mile High Kansas. Great idea. Hey gents, I noticed Hamilton got an uptick in looks from Locke this past week. Do you think this team could eventually turn him into the much-needed slot wide receiver? Or are we needing to go to the draft for this one? Thanks, and keep locking in that solid content. I think they got to go to the, they, they need someone else.
2: Because Desha- Deshaun's a solid fourth option right now. That's what he's showing me. He can be on a roster for sure, especially situationally as a blocker. But he's not the explosive guy you need. Smallest offensive lineman in the league. <laughs>
0: Smallest tight end maybe.
2: <laughs> Smallest guy Mike Munchak's worked with.
0: And the last one here comes in from Bronco Turp. Is it me or is Drew Locke just a local story right now? I haven't heard any anyone outside of the Denver media talk about his performance in Houston and I really can't understand why. Maybe it's because he hasn't played on a larger stage or that the Broncos are well played out of the playoff hunt, but I kind of feel like he's being slighted. Granted, it's just two start, but they've looked way better as an entire team since the switch. Hopefully after a strong performance in KC, more will start to take notice that we have something special brewing in my high. One
1: thing I noticed watching some of the highlight shows Sunday night is that because there was an all-time game Mm -hmm. going on in New Orleans at the same time as Broncos-Texans, 49ers Saints understandably sucked the air out of the room for the rest of the league to the point where there wasn't even all that much talk about Chiefs-Patriots later that afternoon compared to what you would expect because San Francisco-New Orleans played one of the greatest regular season games I think we've ever seen at the same time. And so that's why if it was a normal early afternoon window, I think Drew Locke and the Broncos, because he played so well, even with the Broncos struggling, it would have gotten more tension because, hey, they're beating a division-leading team, and also you've got a young quarterback and, look, people were buzzing about Gardner Minshew. They were buzzing about Kyle Allen earlier this year. So I think Drew Locke would have gotten some buzz on a normal Sunday.
2: I don't think so, actually, Mace. I, I disagree because the disrespectful truth about this Broncos organization right now, they're not the story. People don't care about him anymore from what they've, what has happened throughout the years, but also this year. And with Kyle Allen and Gardner Minshew, those are good examples, but that's when there was hope still in the season that we weren't counting down the days till playoffs, the weeks till playoffs. Broncos are, are out of it in terms of a national perspective. No one is talking about them being in, in the chase. In fact, I saw something that, that put out playoff odds for every single team and they didn't even put the Broncos in there, even though they're still
1: But the entree in there. to the discussion would have been, Oh my goodness, you've got a a bad team that's just gone down to Houston and is up thirty eight three. I think it's in something the third quarter that they
2: that they say in a sentence. I think after this week, It's two games on the road. It's against two playoff teams. Then I think that's what does I think you're only one week away from that.
0: I'll just be the completely opposite side of this. I watch NFL Network pretty much every day. They were talking about Locke. They did the whole, like, has John Elway found his guy conversation.
1: But they have all day. I mean, it's nothing but NFL. They have a a broader canvas. So, inevitably, on NFL Network, they're going to get to that. But on, say, ESPN, for example, you're boxed in with an hour – show, say, uh, NFL primetime, the version they do digitally, and then the one they do uh, after Monday Night Football. With limited time constraints, there hasn't been a focus on that. I, I NFL Network, I expect they would get to it at some point because given how many hours they have to fill, they get to everything.
0: What if I told you there was a place that talks about Drew Lock for an hour every day at least, does a Drew Lock story every day, all the while covering everything that happened with the Nuggets, everything that happened with the, bron- uh, the, the rest of the Broncos, everything that happens with the Avalanche, everything that's happening with the Rockies at the winter meetings, everything happening with the Buffs and Rams, basketball and football, and they do it every single day, all day. I'd well, say, I would say that
1: they're probably already aware of it because they're listening to us right now.
0: <laughs> I'd say sign me up. I would say sign <laughs> me up too. And here's a little secret that most people don't know about. Our Black Friday deal? It just got a new name. It's called the, the holiday deal now. Oh. So you can get two shirts when you subscribe right now. Two shirts. You can get two shirts for free when you subscribe right now. Uh, and that deal is still alive. So get in on that while you can uh, because it's probably the best deal we're ever going to be able to offer. And also... If you are a big supporter of ours and you are so annoyed that when you try to reference uh, something you heard on this podcast or something you read on the website to one of your buddies and they don't understand it, well, or to one of your family members, well, we have the sickest gift available. And what I love about this is I'm a person who always forgets gifts until the last minute (laughs) or just can't think of a great gift for someone. This is the perfect gift. It's the the subscription, the one-year subscription. It's going to give you two free shirts, and it's going to come with a sticker pack, and here's the, the, the big kicker. It all comes in a box, a gift box. So literally, you you don't even have to wrap it if you don't want to. You can literally just put a bow on it to so-and-so, from so-and-so, put it under the tree. It's ready to go. It's pretty sick, so go on to thednvr.com, slash subscribe, check out the holiday gift box, or just get one for yourself if you haven't done so yet. And with that, we're going to call it a day here on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. Thank you for all of your interaction. And we will talk to you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast.